My guest today is Val Demings. Val's a former member of Congress, an Orlando, Florida police chief, and she ran last cycle against Marco Rubio. And the only reason she's here in Florida talking to me today and not sitting in Washington is that Ron DeSantis spent $100 million dragging the entire Republican ticket forward. Val is a really knowledgeable person about where the Democrats in Florida need to go and about campaigns in our beautiful state. And I'm proud to welcome her to the enemies list. There was also maintained what was called an enemies list. Democrats want Republicans dead. I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody. The women with the least likelihood of getting pregnant are the ones most worried about having abortions. On January 6th of 2021, you had tens of thousands of people peacefully protesting. You're the president of the United States. You can declassify just by saying um, it's declassified. It's not a right-wing conspiracy theory. It's not QAnon. It's real. (laughs) I'm Rick Wilson, and this is The Enemies List. You know, I think we're going to look back at last week as one of the most consequential in a long time. Last week, we really learned how deeply cynical Fox really is. We really understood in a publicly facing way something that a lot of us intuitively and, and experientially knew that it was all fake. It was all bullshit. It was all an act, a kayfabe, as they say in wrestling. And I looked back this week, I was thinking about it, just how corrosive their work in this country has been and just how dangerous they are. Last week, mark it down. You're going to look back later this year and see how the moral depravity of Fox and Rupert and Tucker and the rest of them, how much it has hurt this country. Um, we're going to look back at last week, and, and it's going to keep percolating for a long time. There's new lawsuits coming, et cetera. Last week, that's a really consequential thing. The other big thing from last week, and I think we're seeing an example of Biden doing some actual leadership, bringing folks together and stopping a contagion in the banking industry before it got out of hand, the SVB bank collapse in Silicon Valley. I don't accept any of the like hardcore explanations you know, yet I'm not experienced enough or knowledgeable enough to know exactly all the causation there. But I am smart enough to know that the people who said that the bank failed because it was woke are, I think there's a technical banking term there called full of shit. Anyway, those are the two big things I think the last week were very meaningful. And the week ahead is full of more chaos and confusion. So Val, welcome to the enemies list. We're so delighted to have you with us. Um, I wanted to start out today uh, by asking you a little bit about something that's going on in Florida right now that I think people should be more concerned about because I don't think it's trolling. We've got uh, State Senator Blazingolia calling on uh, trying to pass a bill that, um, as he calls, will cancel the Democratic Party to eliminate it in Florida. We've got Jason Broder uh, from your neck of the woods. Uh, Senator Jason Jason Broder, who's proposing a bill that makes anybody who writes about DeSantis or the legislature uh, in Florida register and get a license from the state. What do you think about that? I mean, this seems like, to me, like authoritarian preview time. Well, Rick, it's good to be um, with you. And and let me just say this. Uh, All of that is just foolishness. 
Um, you know, one of the great things about our country is probably some of the things that people hate about our country, and that is freedom of speech, um, the ability to live your best life uh, how you choose uh, to do so. And look, leadership, you better be prepared for it. Because as someone who has certainly been in a leadership position, um, days, some days people say really good things about you. And a lot of days people say really bad things about you. And I think the smart leaders are the ones who take both of those uh, things and become better leaders. And so, you know, my mom used to say, if you can't stand mm -hmm. the heat, stay out of the kitchen. And so perhaps if you are so thin skinned, that no one can write about you or say anything bad about you, then maybe you should just get out of the kitchen and do uh, something else. In terms of uh, eliminating the Democratic Party, uh, here we go. Why don't you just work again on being a better leader and working for the people and not try to write out uh, any opposition? It's just foolishness. And there are too many issues that Floridians are facing to even have to deal uh, with that. That's why we just need leaders, regardless of your political party, who really want to serve people. I, I think that's right. And I think a lot of this stuff that's gotten that's gotten a lot of media attention, they reflect, I think, a very bad authoritarian tendency that you can't criticize somebody. As you said, if you're in public life, you better toughen up. These people, it strikes me, a part of this is like, these are like the classic schoolyard bullies. They don't want to ever have somebody call them a name. They don't ever want to have somebody take a, take a, take a pop at them before they lose their minds. But, but Rick, how, how weak can you really be? I mean, you know, as I said earlier, leadership is not easy. But boy, do we really need some real leaders right now who are really to face the issues head on. If you can be in a leadership position and not have anybody criticize you or say any bad things about you or have a supermajority in the legislature that when you say jump, they say how high. Is that really leadership? Uh, we're dealing with some critical issues, as I said, here in Florida and around the nation. Um, we, we better get serious about this and start holding, quote, our leaders accountable for the things that we truly care about. I, th I think that's right. I mean, I was listening to DeSantis's uh, State of the State speech, and I was struck that it's this laundry list of like Florida's best at this and best at that, and it was very cherry picked. But there were a lot of problems that he, you know, he wants to focus on things like you know drag queens, but doesn't seem to have the same focus on things like human trafficking. He wants to blame China for fentanyl, but you know this is a problem that's been eating up Florida for years now, and it's it it does seem to me that there's a certain weakness to this whole sort of, uh, you know, never criticize me, never talk bad about me. But those big issues are definitely out there. Those big issues are out there like, what are we going to do about climate change in the great state of Florida? Mm -hmm. You know, we're, we look, we certainly are used to hurricanes, you and I both. Oh, yes. But as you well know, our storms are becoming bigger and more intense, right? And so what are we going to do about climate change? What are we going to do about property insurance? Floridians have seen their property insurance double and triple. I think the majority of Floridians really do care about that. And so, you know, the whole, this focus on being afraid of the other, you know, Rick, we just commemorated the 58th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. Yep. I had the honor of walking across the Edmund Pettus Bridge 
with John Lewis mm-hmm. a few years ago. Yep. We have come too far in this country to go back. And there is this effort to take us back to a time that is not good. There's an effort to divide us, an effort to make us afraid of those who are not like us. What the country desperately needs, and certainly in Florida, is leadership that unites us. Imagine if we uh, could come together and deal and tackle with some of Florida's toughest issues, the sky would truly uh, be the limit. But as long as we stay in banning books and drag queens and uh, trying to make each other afraid of each other, uh, we're missing some great opportunities to truly be great. You know, I think that's right, Val. I think there's a degree of like, it's like the pettiness of the things that they th- that they say are the main issues and the smallness of the things they say are the main issues that reflect you know, a smallness of thought. And Florida is a, I mean, folks uh, that are listening to this podcast, I know some of you don't realize just how big Florida is. And Val, you've traveled the whole state in in campaigns. This is an enormous place. It's physically huge. It's culturally huge. I mean, it's just people, I don't, Val, I don't think people get where we live in, in some weird ways. It is the third largest state in the union. And yes, Rick, I have traveled the state. <laughs> Number one, I was born and raised in North Florida in, in Jacksonville. Right. I lived in mm-hmm. Central Florida in Orlando for about 35 years. Certainly as a U.S. Senate candidate, I've had an opportunity to visit the Panhandle. I was in Sop Choppy. I will oh, yeah. never forget. The Sop Choppy Worm Grunting Festival. But I've also... <laughs> Oh my God, and I'm an expert. Let me tell you, I, I got one lesson and I'm an expert now. And doggone it, I'm going back. You best senator or not, it was a great experience. But the thing that makes Florida so beautiful and so wonderful is not just the sunshine, but it is our diversity. Again, if we could come together, regardless of where you live, what you look like, your gender, your sexual orientation, your religion, if we could come together and work on some of Florida's toughest problems, we would be unstoppable in terms of doing great things. One day we'll get there. Florida is somewhere that people look at as, they used to look at it as a swing state. It's been pretty Republican for a long time, Um, but Obama did very well in Florida. We talked about this before. You know, without Ron DeSantis pulling the wagon, I think you would have been much more competitive against Marco Rubio in this race. You you ran a, a terrific campaign. Tell me what you're thinking about in terms of not just your future, but but the future of how Democrats can compete in Florida. I, I mean, I'll start with voter registration, which is like the, the 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 gaping the gaping hole in their strategy. But where do you think they need to go, and how do you think they need to expand in the state? Given that it has become a much more conservative state over the last you know, decade or so. Well, Rick, you're absolutely correct. Uh, In 2008 and 2012, uh, President Obama won Florida twice. And so, you know, there was a time not too long ago when Democrats enjoyed a 500,000 voter registration advantage. Of course, that is completely gone. And I believe Mm -hmm. Republicans are up by about 300,000. I just think that Democrats, we took our eye off the ball. You know, sometimes I think you can get so comfortable that you stop working. And of course, because Florida is so large, it takes a lot of resources to really have the kind of ground game that we need to register. We cannot wait. You know, we have waited until like two months before the election. And then we got out and tried to knock on doors and get people excited and register people. This has to be a year long process 
every year. And it's not going to be overnight. I mean, Florida, we've got to rebuild our infrastructure. We have a lot of work to do. But I remember right after my race, and you know, I, I wasn't quite sure how a lot of the donors or people would feel about it. But I remember, Rick, talking to one of my donors who said, look, they're not giving up on Florida because they still believe the potential is there for Democrats to win statewide. We're not trying to do something we've never done before. Kudos to Georgia. And there was a lot of excitement about the special right. elections, but Georgia had never done that before. In Florida, we've elected Democrats statewide for a while now as governor and senator. But what this donor said to me was that they believe the ingredients are here. Yes, we can win. But it's just like baking a cake. And this was their analogy. You have all the ingredients on the table, but you just don't have the infrastructure or the knowledge to bake that cake. Uh, and so, you know, I thought that was a really simple but really good mm -hmm. analogy that, look, we have great candidates here. We have people who um, want to do the right thing and serve all people. Imagine that. Want to do the right, right thing and unify us. It's going to take a while. Shocking. Right. It's going to take a while uh, to get there. And you're right. It starts with voter registration, but it also starts with taking no one for granted. You know, in the last cycle, uh, I think DeSantis did a good job in turning out voters who were not considered your likely voters. Um, when we looked at the data, we clearly saw that voters who had right. missed a cycle or two really stood in line to vote for a DeSantis. And you're right, uh, Marco Rubio rode that way. Mm -hmm. But we've also got to stop. We, you know, we can't keep doing the same old thing, expecting different results. We always poll and look at and talk to likely voters. Well, let's go back and get some of those voters who have been disenfranchised. Sure. Understandably so. And motivate them to get back in the game because we need them. Everybody's got a morning ritual. I know I do. And I want to feel like I'm getting my day going. I want to feel like I'm moving. And more than coffee sometimes, it's making sure you're clean, squared away, put together. You can get your day started by upping your shave game with Harry's sleekest razor yet, the craft handle. I like to use it because I've got to shave this giant dome of mine every day. So I got to keep it shiny. I have a beard, but I keep my neck clean front and back, do all the miscellaneous trimming. And the new craft handle, it actually is a lot more precision, at least that I found, with the new grip. I really like it a lot. You'll be getting quality shaving for a really amazing price. For now, they're offering the craft handle starter set for 10 bucks. It's a $17 value. So this is something you really should try. And if you don't like it, it's on them, guys. They stand behind the product. They guarantee it. How can you get a hold of the craft handle, the latest, greatest from Harry's? It's simple. Get it delivered to your door for 10 bucks at harrys.com slash enemies list. That's harrys.com slash enemies list. I think, you know, I think that's what something that, that folks underestimated that Donald Trump did and that Republicans have started to do more of is go out and look for the less likely voter. Go out and look for the lower propensity voter. You yes. know, it's, it's not as hard as it used to be to find out who those people are. And but but the Democrats in Florida certainly have not been working that that angle of the of the electorate, I think, for for a good since at least Obama. Well, and, you know, we have a new party chair, which I'm excited about, Nikki Fried coming mm -hmm. in. But look, we've learned some painful lessons the last few cycles. And it's time to regroup, start at the beginning, get back to basics, do what Democrats do best. And that's to go out and be fishers of men and women, if you will. Right. And create an environment that is inclusive of all people. 
Uh, we can win statewide in Florida, but we have got to rebuild. I think that's very much on point is that all the ideological things, all the policy things that people want to do, ain't nothing going to happen until they start winning elections and and doing the blocking and tackling. At the, that's right. At the, and, you know, and sometimes it's not just like uh, getting a great candidate like you were. You ran a great campaign, but just in an environment you couldn't you couldn't overcome a lot of that headwind. But it's also like they got to start out going out and recruiting people to run for county commission and school board and state state house and all these things that they just have not. It's like they always look to the top of the ticket. And this is not just a Florida Democratic problem. This is a national problem. They look for the sexy candidate at the top of the ticket and they ignore you know, the, the winnable races further downstream. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely correct. When you talk about those local races, those school board, board races, for example, boy, have we learned over the last year or so how critical and important those positions are. And let's think about it. In those off-year elections, we're electing people who directly impact, who have direct influence on our everyday lives. And so you're right. We cannot just wait every four years to see who's gonna be president. The battle to represent people who want to represent people or to elect people who want to represent people starts with those local statewide or state elections. So we've got to get back to basics. I think that's very right. I think that's very right. And so let's talk a little bit about, uh, I know you are enjoying a little bit of time off with the grandkids right now, but I, but I want to, I think our listeners would be interested in hearing if you've got any Anything on your radar screen or something you're thinking about or should they should they uh, should they stand by for future announcements or uh, where are you headed? You know, what's really funny, of course, my husband, every time he darts the door, he says he gets that question too, <laughs> three or four, five, six times a day. And his response has been he's kind of waiting along with everybody else to see what's next. <laughs> Rick, you know, look, I feel so blessed that I have been able to. Um, be in some positions that I truly loved and where I, where I felt I was able to make a difference. Um, look, I am a law enforcement officer, 27 years who got us elected with the people's help to the U.S. House of Representatives. My phone, I thank God for this, has not stopped ringing uh, since uh, November 8th with a lot of opportunities and people who think that I could uh, be a benefit in the public and private sector. And so I'm just taking my time and just kind of weighing everything. What I do know is I will go where I feel I can do the greater good because that's who I am. And I will continue to look for those opportunities. But look, when I make that decision, um, I'll, I'll have Daniel email you and all right, and we'll have you, you back on the pod. The first oh, to know. We'll have you back on the podcast. <laughs> Val Demings, thank you so much for joining us today on the enemies list. Really appreciate uh, your time today and appreciate the service you put in for the people of Florida. Thank you so much, Val. Thank you. Take care. Hey, on today's enemies list is enlisting and a decision to put somebody or a group of somebody's on here that most of you will not like hearing. It's the Democrats. Listen, guys, you're handling the Fox thing all wrong. Don't go on the floor and make a speech about how hypocritical and horrible Fox is. No one fucking cares. That was Schumer, by the way. No one fucking cares. Fox News is not a news organization. They've said it a million times. They're an entertainment company as they defend themselves against lawsuits. Fox News has proven to us time and again that they are, in fact, not a news organization. This is a political action committee run by Rupert Murdoch. 
he deploys the, the this massive media outlet that he has built to the detriment of America over and over again. Let me ask you an arguendo kind of thing. If there were a network all day long, every day, that was carried across the government and on every military base that was run by Al-Qaeda that said every single day, America is the great Satan. They must be destroyed. The infidels must be decapitated. They must be burned to the ground. You know what the president would do? Any president at all? Any president, Republican or Democrat? They go, what the fuck are we doing? And they would take it off the air in every government office that it airs in and in every military base that it airs in. Now, I'm going to make a modest proposal today for the president and the Democrats to get their shit together on this front. I think, first off, that the Fox folks need to be brought before the Senate and put through the ringer. This is a major and consequential thing for the future of this country, and I don't see a lot of action from the Democrats to to do more than floor speeches or or snippy posts on on social media or or the occasional op-ed about how terrible Fox is. Fox is terrible, but you have it in your hands to do something about it, but you're not doing it. At the White House, I believe that Biden should issue an executive order. Remember, Trump people love executive orders. DeSantis people love executive orders. They should issue an executive order today that removes Fox from every military base and every government office in this country and informs the cable companies the government does business with that they will not use those cable companies if they carry the Fox channel. This is tough. This is not this is not softball. This is not playing patty cake bullshit. This is the hard world of politics. This is raising the opportunity cost for Fox's bullshit. This is hurting them where it matters, their bottom line. Remember, they're not a news organization. They're an entertainment company. But Democrats take this too lightly. They don't really fight the way they need to be fighting. The Republicans will use every tool in the arsenal including the power of the state to achieve their ideological ends. The Democrats are laying back and letting Fox fuck this country. Get your shit together. This has been The Enemy's List. And if you've been enraged or engaged or enlivened by this week's episode, let's do something about it. This podcast is part of Resolute Square, a new front in the war to preserve democracy. We were looking for a place to fight back against the MAGA media, and this is it. In addition to this podcast and many others, each week, Resolute Square members will sit down with me and other founders for an intimate meeting of the minds, talking about what's really going on behind the curtain of American politics and analyzing the minds and the motivations of the people that are shaping this country's future, good and bad along with exclusive analysis and insight from our newsletters, which are anything but conventional wisdom. And yes, we'll also have merch to make the MAGA heads in your life furious, and more. Become a partner in this fight at ResoluteSquare.com enemies. And folks, if you could like, subscribe, and rate the podcast, I would be enormously grateful. And I cannot tell you how grateful and how heartfelt your support has been for this podcast and for these conversations. And we look forward to many, many more. Thanks again. And remember, whatever you do, stay off the list.